Well, hey, everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to this episode of our sermon podcast. And over our last few episodes, we have been working our way through a series of sermons called Overwhelmed. Throughout the series, we've been talking about different areas and aspects of our lives that leave us feeling stressed out and defeated and, well, overwhelmed. And what we've been trying to do is to find practical ways that we can deal with our stress in these different areas in our lives. So a couple of episodes back, we talked about what you can do when you feel stressed about money. And the first thing that you can do with that is to have a plan for your money. And in our last episode, we talked about what you can do when you're feeling stressed about your work. And if you want to overcome stress at work, you need to find what makes your work meaningful to you and to others. Well, there's still one more area that we need to talk about when it comes to stress, and that's the impact that stress has on our physical well-being. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the impact that stress has on your health, and we're going to talk about what you can do about it. So let's get right into this episode sermon. Ouch, Joan cried as she hobbled painfully out to her car. It was happening to her again, a case of stress-related expletives. And from the time that she was a little girl, she had to periodically deal with these bouts where she would have painful red blisters pop up on the bottom of her feet. Now, when she was a kid, Joan's doctor had assumed that all of this was the result of athlete's foot. So it wasn't until she was in college that Joan discovered that these painful bouts of having blisters on the bottom of her feet happened every time that she found herself living in a time of high stress. So as a college student, whenever final exams rolled around, Joan could count on limping around for about a week once the tests were done. But now, Joan had just spent the last month of her life wrangling with the finance committee at her church over the budget proposal for the upcoming year. So Joan had no doubt what was causing this stress-related illness to flare up in her life. Whenever she found herself having to deal with these situations that were so frustrating for her, she could also count on having to deal with the painful red blisters on the bottom of her feet. And this particular year's budget debate had been especially stressful. That's because a local technology plant in the town that Joan lived in had been forced to close down earlier that year. And five tithing families from the church had had to leave town to find work elsewhere. So even though Joan's church was healthy and they were strong and everybody knew that they would eventually be able to recover from this financial downturn, that didn't do anything to help them with their short-term income projections. So Joan had tried to remind the finance committee to remain faithful to God and continue to focus on the vision that God had given them for the ministry that their church was called to do. But there was a slim majority of fiscal conservatives that were a part of the church's finance committee that wanted to slash the budget as much as they possibly could. So Joan, she was feeling overwhelmed. She was feeling stressed out. She was feeling defeated. So when she made it into her car and she sank down into her seat, all she could think about was the fact that she hated feeling this way. And as her car pulled out of the church parking lot and onto the road to go home, she was talking to herself and just saying, I can't believe how much tension I'm feeling my life right now. I'm not sleeping well. I'm irritable with my family. I can't keep dealing with stress this way. There has to be a better way. Otherwise, I'm going to end up really sick. Well, as Joan started her drive home, her mind was only halfway focused on the road. The other half was still worried about the conversations and the meeting that she had just had with the finance committee. So Joan didn't realize that when the car in front of her had to suddenly hit their brake. 
Texas. Now, eventually, the danger instinct kicked in in her brain, and Joan was able to slam on her brakes to start slowing the acceleration of her car, but that didn't keep her from sliding into the Chevy that was right in front of her, who had slammed on their brakes so that a distracted dog could get out of the road. rear-ended that car right in front of her. Now, fortunately, she had on her seatbelt, and Joan and the other driver were perfectly fine, unharmed from the accident altogether. But as she climbed out of the car and started assessing the damage, she's just muttering to herself over and over again, no, 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 no. She was wondering how her husband would respond when he found out that she had been driving, distracted. Now, over the last couple of weeks here at Melbourne Hodgins, we have spent our time together talking about the problem that Joan was facing in that story that I just told you. We've been talking about the problem of stress, of feeling defeated, of being overwhelmed. And we've been trying to find some practical things that we can do to combat the stress that we have in our lives. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the stress that we feel when it comes to our finances. And we talked about the importance of having a plan or a budget for your money to help alleviate some of that stress. Last week, we talked about the stress that we feel at work. And we talked about how important it is for you to find meaning in the work that you do and to feel like you belong there if you want to lower your stress level. Well, there's still one more thing that we need to talk about when it comes to stress. And what we need to talk about when it comes to stress today is the impact that stress has on our lives in our physical well-being. So that's why I started the sermon today by telling you Joan's story. It's a story that I heard from a colleague in ministry a while back. But I wanted to tell you this story to begin our time together because Joan's story illustrates the impact that stress can have on your physical well-being. Now, in Joan's case, there's no doubt that she was completely stressed out, and it was physically manifesting in her life with these painful red blisters that were popping up on the bottom of her feet. And that was a symptom that Joan simply could not ignore. Every time she took a step, she was reminded of how stressed she is. But that's not the case for most of us. For most of us, when we start seeing symptoms of stress-related illnesses or ailments, we do our best to ignore them altogether. But here's the thing. Even though you may not have red blisters on the bottom of your feet, stress still takes a toll on your health. It does. Stress takes a toll on your health. Because stress can cause you to have high blood pressure, and it can lead to heart disease. Stress can aggravate asthma if you have it, and it can cause you to put on excess fat around your belly. Stress can worsen your diabetes if you have that, and it can lead you to leave and cause a whole lot of headaches. Stress has also been linked to accelerating Alzheimer's disease, dementia, and premature aging. So what we're talking about today is serious business, because stress has an impact on your health whether you realize it or not. stress when we can't see it physically manifesting in our lives the way that Joan did? Is there anything that we can do to understand the impact that stress has on us if we're not seeing it in our daily lives? Well, the answer to that is yes. That's why we started our time together today by having me talk with you about this scale called the Holmes Ray Scale. 
And this, this scale was introduced back in the 1960s by two psychologists, one named Thomas Holmes, the other named Richard Gray. And they developed this scale to help you understand how much stress you have in your life and to also understand how that stress can impact you physically, your physical well-being going forward. So hopefully you have the opportunity to at least look at the assessment if you haven't had the chance to completely fill it out yet. If you haven't had the chance to do it, you can always find it on our website at mhbclouisville.com slash stress to fill, the, fill it out whenever you have the time. But for those of you that have had the chance to look it over and fill that inventory out, what you saw on that inventory are 43 different life-changing events. And each one of these events is assigned a different point value to show you how stressful it is for you. So as you take the assessment, what you're supposed to do is mark down each of those events that have happened in your life over the last year. And you're supposed to mark down how many times those things have happened to you in the last year. Then you're supposed to take those numerical values that are assigned to each one of those events, total them up, and that will give you your total stress score. Now, when it comes to your total stress score, your total stress score is more like uh, golf than it is like bowling, okay? And what I mean by that is the lower your stress score is, the better. The higher your stress score is, the more you need to be concerned about it. So as you look at the stress score and you look at your total stress score, if your stress score was below 150 points, the chances that you're going to develop a stress-related illness or have a stress-related breakdown in the next 24 months is pretty minimal. If your stress score is somewhere between 150 and 300, like mine is, my stress score was 154 points, then you have a 50-50 chance of having a stress-related illness or developing a stress-related breakdown in the next two years. Now, if your stress score was over 300 points, won't you listen to me right now because this is important. If your stress score was over 300 points, you have a 90% chance of developing a stress-related illness or having a stress-related breakdown in the next two years. So if you find yourself in that range, if your stress score is over 300, you may want to talk about it the next time you see your doctor or your health professional. Just clue them into what's happening in your life. But regardless of what your stress score may have been if you filled out that evaluation, at least you know what it is now. You're not walking around blind in the dark wondering just how stressed your life is. You have a number that can go with it. And if I learned anything from the ending of one of my favorite cartoons back in the 1980s, knowing is half the battle. But knowing is only half the battle. The other half the battle is actually doing something with the knowledge that you have. So, what can we do about stress? Because we all realize that we live in a frantic and chaotic world and that things are never really going to slow down for us. Just think about the way that you spend your life most weeks. For most of us, we go to work. And during what's happening with our current economic crisis, many of us are working more hours or more jobs to try to make ends meet. Well, even when we get off from work and we come home, we're still busy. We have chores that need to be done at home or errands that we need to run. We have people in our lives that we want to take care of and spend time with. So when we have a chance to sit down and just relax a little bit, we still find ourselves feeling stressed out because we'll turn on the TV or we'll scroll through our social media feeds and we're going to be inundated with advertisements telling us about things that we want to buy. So now we have to figure out if we're going to be able to work enough hours to afford the things that we want to buy. It's like the Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Ellen Goodman has famously said, normal is getting dressed in clothes that you buy for work 
driving through traffic in a car that you're still paying for in order to get to a job that you need so that you can pay for the clothes, the car, and the house that you leave empty all day in order to afford to live in. Normal is weird, is what she's saying to us. And what this means for every single one of us is that none of us feel like we have time to deal with our stress in health ways. Well, none of us feel like we have the time to deal with our stress in healthy ways. What does it do our health? I mean, we're still living through the, the, a pandemic where we've seen surges in cases of COVID-19 that could cause us to be stressed out. If a worldwide pandemic wasn't enough to stress us out, we also have this thing called monkeypoxes outbreaking in different areas that can stress us out. But your stress when it comes to your health may be on a more personal level. You may be stressed out because you're waiting to receive a diagnosis, or you may be stressed out because of the diagnosis that someone you love has received. So there are so many different things that can stress us out when it comes to our health. And to be honest, I just don't have time to talk about those during one sermon or even during one series. So instead, what I want us to talk about is a healthy way for us to deal with the stress that we have in our lives. Because there is a, so many, so many different ways that we can deal with stress that aren't destructive to our health. But the one that I want to talk about today has been around for a long, long time. The healthy way of dealing with stress that I want to talk with you about today has practically been around from the beginning. And you remember what happened in the beginning, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens the earth. And over the next six days, God created everything. God created the light, and God created the dark, God created day, and God created night, God created the sky, and God created the sea, and God created the land, and God created everything that lives in or on those places. So God created the birds in the, in the sky, and God created the fish in the sea, and God created the animals that walk on the land, and God created us. God created on the seventh day, there was still one more thing for God to create. Now, you remember what God did on the seventh day, right? On the seventh day, God rested from all the work that God had done. And God blessed that seventh day. And God made that seventh day holy. Because on the seventh day, when God rested from all the work that God had done, God created Sabbath. God created a day of rest. But God doesn't just create a day of rest so that God can have that day of rest. God creates the Sabbath, and he tells us that we are supposed to honor the Sabbath, to keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath. This is how Exodus chapter 20 explains the Sabbath to us. Exodus 20, starting in verse 8, we're told, Remember the Sabbath day and treat it as holy. Six days you may work and do all of your tasks, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Do not do any work on it, not you, your sons or your daughters, your male or your female servants, your animals, or the immigrant who is living with you. Because the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything that is in them in six days rest on the Sabbath day. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. But that's not all the Bible has to say about the Sabbath either. 
Again, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, starting in verse 13, we're told, Six days you may work and do all of your tasks, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Don't do any work on it, not you, your sons or your daughters, your male or your female servants, your oxen or your donkey, or any of your animals or the immigrant who is living among you, so that your male and female servants can rest just like you. Remember that you were a slave in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out of there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. That's why the Lord your God commands you to keep the Sabbath day. Here's the problem. Most of us have no idea what it means to honor or to remember or to keep the Sabbath day. And that's because if you spend much time in church, just about every time that we talk about the concept, the idea of the Sabbath, what we end up talking about are the rules and the regulations that the people of Israel had to follow on those Sabbath days. So when we talk about the Sabbath in church, we're going to talk about the fact that the people of Israel weren't allowed to cook or even light a fire on the Sabbath day. When we talk about the Sabbath day in church, we're going to talk about the fact that the people of Israel weren't allowed to slaughter an animal or go out and work in the fields on the Sabbath day. In church, when we talk about the Sabbath, we're going to talk about the fact that the people of Israel weren't allowed to walk more than a mile on the Sabbath day. So if we are ever going to appreciate the gift that God gives us when he created the Sabbath and told us to keep it, we have to realize that the Sabbath isn't a day or it isn't about uh, rules and regulations. The truth is, the Sabbath is really a time for rest and reflection. That's what the Sabbath is really about. The Sabbath is is really a time for rest and reflection. And we see that play out in both of the commandments to remember the Sabbath that we just read. In Exodus chapter 20, what we're reading is we're told that we need to remember the Sabbath because it is a time of rest. Why is it a time of rest? Because we're told God rested on the seventh day. And why was God able to rest on the seventh day? It was because God had worked the previous six days, and all the work that God had done was good. So when the seventh day rolled around, there was nothing left that God needed to do. Now, I know that our lives don't feel that way. I know that in our lives, it feels like there is always more work that needs to be done. And I know that well, because I know tomorrow morning when I go over to my office, that I'm going to sit down and I've got plenty of tasks that are waiting on my to-do list. The sermon to review for next Sunday. I've got sermons that I'm writing for down the road. I've got meetings to get ready for. Depending on how today's special call business session goes, I may be working on plans to move into our next location. There's a lot of work that is waiting to be done. So over the course of the 12 years that I've spent in full-time ministry, I've had to learn something to help me honor, remember, and keep the Sabbath. What I've had to learn is that even though there is always going to be more work that needs to be done, I can be content with the work that I have done. Even though there is always more work that you need to do, you can be content with the work that you have done. Now, I know that's not the way that we work in our culture. Our culture always tells us about the next deadline, the next project, the next whatever that is waiting for us. So many of us have been programmed to think that if we're not working, we're not being who God made us to be. We're not doing what a productive member of society is supposed to do. The reality is that each week, you do work that you can be happy with, that you can be proud of, that you can be content with, 
So when you have the opportunity to take that day as a Sabbath, a day of rest and reflection, then do it without feeling bad because you've done good work. Now, the other thing that we get from this particular passage in Exodus chapter 20 that it reminds us of is that the Sabbath, it helps us keep our pride in check. Because when we're told that God rested on the seventh day, we're also told that God rested on the seventh day and the world didn't stop revolving. So if the world didn't stop revolving when God rested on the seventh day, it's a little vain for us to think that the world's going to stop revolving if we're not working seven days a week, 365 days a year, right? I hate to tell you this if you haven't realized it yet. You're not more important than God is. Okay? So we should be able to take these days of rest. But again, rest is only part of what the Sabbath is about. In the passage that we just read from the book of Deuteronomy, we're also reminded that the Sabbath is supposed to be a time of reflection. Because in that passage, what God is doing is he is reminding the people of Israel of everything that God has done for them. He tells the people of Israel that they are supposed to have this day of Sabbath, this day of rest, to remember a time in their lives when they could not have a day of rest. He was reminding them of when they were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. And as slaves, they didn't get the day off. So God said, take this day of rest to remember that I freed you from your slavery. To remember that you are not captives. To remember that you're able to take a break because of what I have done for you. Same thing will happen for you if you slow down. And you use a day of Sabbath as a time to reflect what God has done. You're going to see that God has been at work in your life if you'll take the time to look. And the reality is that sometimes the only way that you can face the stress you have in your life today is by realizing how God helped you make it through tough times yesterday. I know it's something y'all are thinking right now. You're thinking that all this is well and good. Talking about the Sabbath makes for a great message on a Sunday morning, but it's just not practical in your life the rest of the week. If that's the way that you're feeling right now, I want to tell you something. I'm not preaching some theoretical sermon to you today. I'm talking about this from my own practical life experience. Because from the time I started into ministry, taking a Sabbath has always been a priority for me every single week. And that's because before I even got into ministry, I had the chance to talk with lots of ministers who told me about how important having this day of rest is if you want to be productive, if you want to be useful, if you want to be able to survive the demands and the stress that you face in ministry. So I know the only way that I've been able to survive 12 years and all of the stress that happens in ministry is because I've honored the Sabbath. I've prioritized the Sabbath in my own life. But there are times. But for whatever reason, I'm not able to keep the Sabbath the way that I would like to. And that's been happening a lot over the course of the last month or so in my life. Now, some of you are aware of this, some of you aren't. Ashley and I, we had some major renovation work that was done in our house over the summer. It took a little bit more than two months to get completed. But there's something that happens at the end of your construction work that you don't see on HGTV when you watch those design shows. After the contractor is finished with all the work, you still have to move back into your house. And that's a whole lot of work. 
So over the last month, I've been working on getting things moved back into the house, and that means that I've spent my regular day off, which most of you know I take Fridays off every single week. But I've been using that Friday not as a time of rest and reflection. I've been using that Friday as a time to unpack boxes and to reorganize areas inside of our house. And all of this has been happening during a time of heightened stress in the life of our church as we've been thinking about discussing our next potential church home. So when I come into church on Sunday mornings for the last few weeks, I felt drained when I got here. I felt drained when I got here, and it's not because of the physical work that I've been doing, moving boxes around or unpacking them or anything along those lines. I felt drained because I haven't had that time to rest, to reflect, to let my stress go. And because of that, the stress keeps building and building and building. So I can tell you from firsthand experience the difference that it makes when you take a Sabbath versus when you because of that, I hope that you hear me when I make my challenge to you this week. Because I know and have experienced the importance of keeping the Sabbath for myself, I want to challenge you to do the same thing. I want to challenge you to find the time this week to rest, to reflect, to focus on God. I mean, you're going to be able to do that later on today when church finishes service finishes up after a special call business meeting happens, maybe you'll be able to go home and use today, the rest of the day as your Sabbath. Maybe you are going to be able to find time tomorrow. Maybe you're not going to be able to find a full day this week. This idea is just too much for you to handle. So maybe you just need to carve out a few hours one night or go into work late one morning. But find the time to actually let yourself rest. Rest from the work that you do, not just in your career, but rest from the work that you do in your house and in every other area of your life. Take a break. Slow down. Let the stress go. And find time to focus on God. Find time to focus on God. Look back on your realize that in those moments where you have been the most stressed out, when your life has felt the most chaotic and the most frantic, that God helped you make it through those chaotic and frantic moments. Because when your life is out of your control, it doesn't change the fact that God is still in control. Now be honest with you, everything that we've talked about today, it's not doing a single thing to lower that stress score that you got on the Holmes and Gray stress scale. What we're talking about today, it doesn't erase any of those stressful events that have happened in your life. But what it does is it gives you a healthy way to deal with and process that stress. And honestly, that's what we all need. We need to go toward these healthier avenues of resting, of reflecting, of taking time for our own mental health. We just do a horrible job of in our world so often. Amidst the busy, chaotic times in your life, especially, slow down. Find time to rest. Find time to reflect. Remember who God is. And remember that God will help you make it through. Let's pray together. 
God, as we come to you in this time of prayer, you know the stress that each one of us that's in this room is watching online, everyone that can hear my voice is feeling in our lives right now, God. You know that some of us are stressed almost to a breaking point. And God, you know how each of us struggles to deal with our stress in a healthy way. So God, my prayer for every single one of us today is that you help us to see the way that we try to deal with our health in, in unhealthy ways, the way that we try to deal with our stress in ways that are destroying our bodies, and help us to see that there are better ways. Help us to see why you created the Sabbath, why you showed us that taking the day of rest is important. Because God, if it was important enough for you to do it, it's important enough for us to do it too. So help us find time to rest. Help us time, find time to reflect. Help us find time to honor and keep the Sabbath. Let us deal with our stress in healthy ways. We pray all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that this episode has given you some practical things that you can do to help you deal with your stress in healthy ways. Because the reality is, whether you realize it or not, stress is having an impact on your well-being. And if you don't take it seriously, your stress could lead to serious illness or even a breakdown. Well, this wraps up our sermon series called Overwhelm. So in our next episode, we are going to be starting into a brand new series of sermons that we're calling Moving Forward. And we are moving into an exciting time in the life of Melbourne Heights Baptist Church. In just a few weeks, we are going to be moving into brand new space, and we're really looking forward to it. But before we move forward into this new space, there's some things that we need to learn to help us grow in our relationship with God. So we hope that you'll tune in when that next episode drops next Tuesday morning. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, that episode will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. Or you can come and worship with us live on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on our church website at mhbclouisville.com. We would love to have you come and join us. Well, until next time, I hope that you have a great week. I will be praying for you, and we'll see you back here soon for another sermon podcast.